Today on the Foscast, we are at the beautiful Manchester United Carrington Training Complex to talk to former Aston Villa, Burnley, England and current Manchester United goalkeeper Tom Heaton, where we spoke about all things Manchester United, knocking on Sir Alex Ferguson's door as a 24-year-old to tell him that he wanted to leave. That didn't go down very well. Some of his crazy, unorthodox training methods. How brutal those Sean Dyche pre-seasons really were and so much more. Up the Foscast. Right, Tom, so I left this. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This is your last chance to enter the Ohio Lottery's Fun Turns 50 promotion. Score $3,500 and two tickets to the epic party at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, where you could win part of another $400,000 in cash prizes. Enter the new 50th anniversary scratch-off or $50 worth of eligible non-winning $5 or $10 scratch-offs and my lotto rewards through the Ohio Lottery app. Hurry up. The last entry deadline is May 13th. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly place what 13 odd years ago um i've just walked in through the front door here at carrington and the first face i see is kathy sat down behind reception 50 years that lady's been here it's it's like it's a new man united but still they've still got the same parts that make it is what it is right yeah that's right i think um i had a similar experience coming back into the club uh certainly a, a good portion of the core staff still the same you know, bring that sort of the values of the club yeah. and, and sort of know the history of it and that connection to it. Obviously, it's grown since I left. Um, but yeah, people like Cather um, are what this football club's all about. It's nice. I like it's like a, a full circle story for you. Right? And we're going to talk about that. So I want to start at the beginning. Right? I'm going to I'm going to talk about when I signed for United. When I first met you. First um, impressions of this is all. Yeah, we've had a couple. We've had a couple. Tom, where they've been young bucks together, and right, you two very okay. much were that. Yeah. So so I want to know what Tom and Ben's first impressions of each other were. You go for me because I was a raw goalie. So don't yeah. hold back. No, all right. No, Be back. brutally I, honest. I, yeah. I, I, um, I would say. The outstanding thing in my mind, thinking back from when I first saw you, was you could wallop a football. <laughs> and I mean, womp it up the pitch. I always remember the distance that left foot could, could sling it. And I thought, I'll have a bit of that, to be fair. <laughs> so um, obviously, you know, seeing, seeing you take goal kicks, being on the end of your shots from the edge of the box, it was always interesting. Um, but as a goalkeeper, I think for me, you had a natural, a natural talent to keep the ball out of the net wasn't always orthodox, yeah, you know, yeah, sometimes yeah. a little bit uh, unorthodox, almost the opposite of me really, to, yeah, me, to be honest. Yeah. But I um, I used to enjoy seeing you play, play, play with the freedom, seemed to enjoy it. You didn't come through the conventional background uh-huh. of, of, of sort of that I'd come through. So for me, it was almost a, a real eye-opener seeing, seeing a different way to do it. All right, then my turn now then, all right? Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> my turn a, now. A young, a young Tom Heaton. Um, so this would have been, what, 2003, four-ish? Um, 2005? When did you sign? Yeah, 2005. When did you sign? I think 2005, maybe. Actually. Yeah, I think you 2005 okay. to 2010. Yeah, yeah, yeah. same. Right. You, it's a very, very similar time frame. Yeah, very yeah. similar time. So Tom Heaton come up through the academy here at Man United. Um, 
thrown straight in with a first team goalkeeper. So at the time it was it was Van der Sar, um, Tim Howard for a little bit, Thomas Kushak, uh, Luke Steele. Yeah. Um, and then there was Tom Heaton. And I just remember Tony Coton, the goalie coach. I remember just watching this guy in training, right, and thinking, oh my god, the <laughs> technique on it. <laughs> Honestly. I, I still say now, to this day, the best goalkeeping technique I have ever seen on a goalkeeper was you. You were so <laughs> like, honestly, your shape was so perfect. You moved in unison, like your legs moved with your hands and your head and everything was just so pretty, right? And I remember, um, like I said, I was so raw at the time. And I remember just thinking, I can't do that. I just can't do that. And TC used to just go, don't worry, though. He's been doing it for years. Yeah, don't worry, though. He's been doing it for years. But you had, you did. You had a really nice grounding at United, didn't you? What, who were some of the... the big goalies some of the big people that you learned from growing up um well obviously have some fantastic coaches tc yeah. uh, richard hartist um dave rouse dave ryan vinnie campbell gave me a real good foundation of goalkeeping obviously craig morrison now as well yeah. rich Hartis is still here so they gave me a real good foundation of, of uh, the the sort of basics of goalkeeping which i seem to take took you know i took on and real sort of tried to use it as a the foundation of a game really i think growing up watching schmeichel um you know, you try and you see how he plays with his presence and the sort of aggressiveness. You sort of add a try and add a little bit of that in your game. For me, I spent I spent obviously in the time that you were there quite a lot of time with Edwin over yeah. the, over the years. Got quite close to him. Loved how he played and, and spread compo composure through the team. Different to Schmeichel, but had the same sort of effect on on the side. Oh, you know, just yeah. calmness and always in control, but had a real real big impact on on all the way through the team. So they they were big influences on me, to be fair, and everyone in between. You know, players you sort of take bits off. As I said about you, the the, the freedom with with what you played with, finding a way to keep the yeah. ball out of the net. That was something that I didn't particularly have, but I wanted to add in uh, as a young goalkeeper. So I can probably look at almost every goalkeeper and take something from them, really. Joe, I think Edwin for me. I don't remember. I learned so much about him as a footballer. I think I learned more about being just a bloke. Do you know what I mean? Being yeah. a man. Do you remember like yeah. Edwin, the way he used to just glide into training every day, just sort of honest, the nicest man, dead like respectful, like personable, could talk to anybody, just made you feel like he's got this, yeah. <laughs> didn't right. he? That, and that that feeling, and it's often a feeling with goalkeeping, I think, that you, that actually spreads and people, it's that sort of untangible, intangible thing that makes... Uh, a, a team settled really. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he had that in abundance so, you know he used to calmly his process was always the same the preparation for games talking to the players demanding what he wants you know the the uh, relationship he had with the with the defenders about blocking off certain parts of the goal there was always a calmness about what he did and, and it showed you know it was a real successful period he, he did, like even in training right he there's days when he knew he didn't need to train yeah the, the, he, he knew his body he knew his schedule his timetable he knew when he's going to peak for that game on a Saturday afternoon, he knew what to do, didn't he? So yeah, he did. I remember sometimes he would come out, he would catch, like Steely's the goalie coach, he would catch three or four balls, maybe yeah. not even catch them, pat them down. He was yeah. the king of patting it down, right? And then Saturday afternoon, oh my gosh, Rolls Royce, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he really was. Um, you know, he had that understanding of what he was about, yeah. understanding what he needed to perform when it mattered. And I think... Uh, I think that was right. Uh, yeah, Eric Steele, obviously, I had a little bit of time with him yeah, here as yeah, well. Yeah. Forgot him off my list, to be fair. Sorry, Steely. Um, but yeah, he, he was another one that um, I had at England under 18s as a coach. You know, looking back, you sort of try and take all your influences off different coaches, different people. It's, a, it's interesting. I've when got, you say about sorry, him being, before. sorry, Ben, when you say about him being relaxed, though, I'm, you're not the kind of person that just gets on at United about just being on that level. So I'm sure he was a very demanding in his own way as well, right? Oh. Yeah, without doubt, you know there was a 
there was a meticulous sort of ideas and the way he went about it to his work and a pride. I remember uh, talking to him when we were playing a, a kicking game across across the box, you yeah, know, the one, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we were talking about the left foot and some of the lads were younger boys were struggling with the left foot and he was obviously right footed, but his left foot was, was an absolute dream. Yeah. And, and we were, they were trying to change the rules and he was having none of it because he'd taken the pride in the fact of how, how much time he'd spent to get his left foot up to the standard it was. And he was he was adamant that they went, that, that we continued the game based on the left foot because he'd done it. It's the only way you'll learn. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, he was meticulous about his work. Yeah, it's it's the only really way you'll learn. That's what he was. He, he was, he was the guy. Um, I've got a, a story I remember, right? Oh, no, I remember. Go, right? No, it's not a bad one. It's not a bad one, right? So, um, Does it involve I, Manchester City Centre? Or? No, nothing no. like that whatsoever. <laughs> I promise you that. It's, it's football related. Don't worry about that. So I remember, right? I, I was injured. So I came back from Watford, right? I was When I signed, I went out on loan for two years to Watford. Yeah. Came back. Um, unfortunately, I did my cruciate towards oh, the end of the, the, the second spell at Watford. Um, well, the first time you'd done it? Uh, second time yeah, I'd done it, second that, time. Yeah, okay. So it was a bit of a long layoff. It was about an eight or nine month. Yeah. Anyway, when I was getting back to full fitness, um, it was the goalies at the time were, were Van der Sar and was Thomas Kuschek. Yeah. And then it was you, basically. And yeah. so I, like I said, I was injured. You were kind of third choice goalie. You'd have been traveling around here yeah. and there with the squad. Um, your sort of first taste of being around the first team. Yeah. I was about a week away from full fitness. I'd started training again, yeah. um, but I was so raw still. Like I like I said, I had a year before in the Premier League done really well. But when you have nine months out, yeah. it takes a long time to get back, doesn't it? It yeah, takes it so long to get your bearings back. You can just get your hands back and that. So anyway, um, on the game on the Saturday for Man United, I think Van der Sar got an injury. Yeah. And then I think it was the one where Thomas Kuschak went and got sent off or something. Oh, it was what game was it? I think I can't I think it was the one where Shazy might have gone in goal or something, or okay. Rio went in goal or something like right. that. Anyway, the the following week um was a game against Derby. Edwin was injured. Yeah. Kuschak was suspended. Yeah. And then I had basically had a week's training or whatever. Yeah. And then there was you. Yeah. And so it was kind of who's gonna play? who's going to play okay and i remember thinking well surely they're going to play me like yeah. surely do you know what i mean like i'm a senior goalie like do you know yeah. what i mean they're not going to play tom even though he's like a year or two below me no chance he's not going to play tom and i remember walking out on the training pitch with you and we were just chatting about it and you were like yeah i think i'm going to be playing and i remember thinking no so i went no chance <laughs> no. <laughs> I, remember saying, yeah. I remember going no chance yeah. I'll, I'll i'll be playing surely and you yeah. went why would they play you? You haven't even been trained. I was like, <laughs> yeah, but I'm the senior goal. Surely I'm going to play. No, I, like, admittedly, I don't remember this enough, but I'd like, the belief issue probably doesn't surprise me. I loved yeah, it though. Yeah, Honestly, no, I, I loved it. And I remember thinking, you haven't really played any sort of no. first team football, but you're like, no, mate. But do you know what I, I really enjoyed was the fact that I know that if you would have played, you would have been absolutely golden because I was still in awe of your absolute pure technique. Right. Like hands-wise, they're probably the best hands I've ever seen, mate. But I remember thinking, no, what's the what is he so, talking so about? Here's a question for you then. At a club like you've got to be a certain mentality, obviously, yeah. to be and and then at United, it kind of kicks on another level as well. So when you're a goalkeeper, senior, young, and you see there's maybe three, four senior goalies at the club, young kids as well. When you see another goalkeeper come in, do you automatically think, oh, shit, that's kind of another person for me to contend with? Or do you just have this level of uh, mentality of, no, I do what I do? Or is, is it a thing where you kind of worry about it and have these kind of conversations? Certainly no worry. Um, I think from, from my personal point of view, um, always see it as a challenge. Belief never, ever wavers. 
whether other people can always see it is, a, is another question mark. At the end of the day, managers make the decision on team selection. But I have to say, you know, ever since I was a kid, for me personally, I've always always had a, a belief in that I can deliver performances at when, whenever required if I go through the process and, and, and prepare properly. So always, always see, you know, new goalkeepers coming in uh, to wherever I've been as a, as, a, as a good challenge to compete, but always literally focused on myself, to be honest. At yeah. the end of the day, it's, it's, the, it's the manager to, to, make, to make the decision and, and that's the way I've always seen it. Yeah, what about you, Ben? Have you, is it something when in dressing rooms where someone's come in, have you thought, do you go home and have these conversations at home and go, I think I might... I might be in trouble here, or yeah. I think as you get older, the scene, when you when you're kind of playing, when you're a first team goalkeeper, um, I think that's the bit that can be a little bit worrying because you know what it's like nowadays. It's it's the rumor mill, the transfer yeah. rumor mill is horrible, isn't it? So yeah. when you're a first choice goalie and the club gets linked with another goalie, even if they're coming in as a second choice, you see it and you think, oh, and then you might get a mate who might he's only joking. He'll go, oh, so you got a bit of competition. <laughs> but you just think you. Prick, <laughs> do you, do, don't yeah. you? you do. You just don't need it. You're like, no, I'm first choice, all right. You should be respecting it. But yeah, it's. I'm the same as Tom, though. I will see it as competition. I will. And like I said, I've built my career. Probably I spent the whole of my career, and every single day in training is pathetic. Yeah, but I will try and make sure I have the best hands, or yeah. I am the best training goalkeeper, and that is what just pushes me to work. Yeah, I, I, that's exactly the point for me. I think. For me, they never fear it because if someone comes in and they're offering something different to you, then that's on you. There's holes in your game that aren't up to yeah. the standard. You know, there's no other way to say it. You know, if the, for me, I've always sort of drummed into me from, from my dad early doors that, you know, it's, on, it's your responsibility to get your game up to, up to where it needs to be. If you're not up to standard, then someone else will be. Yeah. So that, that's on yourself to, to, to sort out, to either improve, develop, find a different way of doing things, whatever it is, but you need to be... And, and then over a period of time, if you keep performing and keep delivering, then you can't be ignored. It's like you were saying about Edwin, though, even that little story. I like that story about using your left foot and the goalkeepers. And it's like, if you're not willing to do it, then someone someone will be, someone won't will they? Be, yeah, exactly. And what's it like going so full circle at United? Obviously, when you left United, how, how was that for you? Because obviously you're leaving the great man United. Yeah. But was it a case of, I just want to go and play football? Yeah, it was. You know, I signed here as an 11 year old. Uh, had a brilliant experience all the way through. You know, got up to 24 in and amongst the first team. I think a big moment for me was the the 2008 Champions League final. You know, I was in the sort of 24 man squad that yeah. travelled, sat in the stand with with five other players. Um, you know, you do all the pre preparation to it. You know, you're on the pitch warming up, then getting showered, changed, sat in the stand, see the celebration, see how they go about it. And I remember that night thinking, yeah, this is great. It's the pinnacle of football, but. Phew, want to be on there playing, want yeah. to be involved in it. And I knew from that moment that the, it was the right time to to leave, uh, to go and forge my own career, forge my own path. I wanted to be on there, wanted to be the number one. Um, so it, even though it was a difficult moment, you know, that 13 years, been part of it, it, it never wavered from being the right decision, really. So, um, yeah, that, that was the big moment for, for leaving. I would say. So some of the teams that you played for, so um, after leaving United, Rochdale, Swindon, Wickham, is it very much for you at that point, just, I just need to play first team football. I need to get as many back games under my belt as possible. Yeah, it was. I mean, they were all loan spells from here. Ah, so okay, like, yeah, So yeah. They, they were all sort of almost geared towards, um, you know, we saw that as building the building the foundations for your game. You know, yeah. there's, no, there's no substitute for practical experience. Those loan moves, getting the games under your belt are, are, are imperative, really. They're vital to do it. And I think um, they were great. But at that moment of leaving, when I was 24 and under the Bosman ruling, leave on a free... I just knew it was right. I wanted to go and earn my own journey, earn my own path um, and left and signed at Cardiff where I had a loan spell already. And yeah. how was the manager with you? Because obviously you played under Sir Alex Ferguson. Um, 
and was he obviously with the David Beckham documentary coming out recently you see how he was with players how, how was your experience with him brilliant all the way through the moment I'd, I'd went to tell him that I wasn't signed the new contract and I was leaving out the door um he was uh wasn't happy let's say that you know really? and, yeah he gave me I mean you can imagine you know the club had put so much resource into me sure. coming all the way through and and, and so much time and you know, I've been involved in England 21s, and but it, I knew it was the right time for me. So um, yeah, he, he was he was not happy at the time when I first knocked on his door. But I always say the fact that two weeks later he had me back in the uh, the office when I stood, sort of stood strong with the decision. Always said said he's always there for me, respects the decision. If I need anything, contact him, and that was massive for me. I mean, growing up through the through the club, that was that was a big moment, and it's and it's rung true. You know, I've seen him so many times since. Speak to him obviously re regularly now when we see him. Um, and that, that was a big moment for me to think, definitely the right so, decision. So don't lie then, I was scared, right, yeah, at 24 years old. Yeah, um, yeah. You, I know what it's like at this football yeah. club. So, so Alex yeah. Ferguson's the, the boy, he's the yeah. man, isn't he? He's yeah. the guy that you kind of, I remember right back in that, I used to be so scared of him. Yeah. How was it when you know you're going to knock on his door and go, <sighs> Yeah, difficult. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Cool. You know, like it, it was really, really difficult, really uncomfortable, as I'm sweating, you know, you're sort of thinking, oh, is this the right scene? But I, I have to say, I didn't actually waver from knowing it was the right decision. So at no point did I question, am I doing the right thing here? That never seemed to waver. I don't, I'm not sure why. Even though the, the dealing with it wasn't comfortable, yeah. you know, any, anything but, but I think it just felt it was right. It was the right time to do it. Yeah, that's, very, that's quite similar to me, to be fair. I was the same, the same player. I remember I didn't, I, thankfully for me, I didn't have to knock on his door. He called me in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. unlucky, mate. Uh, you're going to go, all right? And I went, yep. Okay, going cool. home back to Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> but it's right, though. You get to a point where you're like, no, this this is it now. I've got to go. I've got to go and, like I say, forge my own way now. Um, Cardiff, talk about Cardiff. Um, fantastic for you. Um, culminating in League Cup final 20, uh, 2012. Yeah. Um, against Liverpool, unfortunately, on penalties. I know, frustrating. I mean, a, a brilliant, brilliant football club. I had a great loan spell yeah. there. Um, really enjoyed first year, played. Uh, was a little bit hit and miss, sort of finding my feet as the sort of trying to establish self as the number one. Was in and out a little bit. Um, second season, new manager, Malcolm Mackay came in, brought David Marshall in. Marshall yeah. played as the number one in the league. Thankfully, we had a, a League Cup run that was great. Stayed in that team and he kept me all the way in. And, and the big thing was, you often find that Teams change the League Cup teams, you know, through the, through the yeah, yeah. through the uh, through the rounds as they, they get, get later on. Yeah, and yeah. then he, you know he plays his so-called strongest team, and then for me, thankfully, he kept me in, which was which was big for me. You yeah. know, imagine going all the way through and you're playing your oh. number two keeper, keeping mm. me in the team. So that Wembley final w w was massive. I really enjoyed it. I think the semi-final uh, to that that year, we beat Palace on pens, but in the first leg. I'd come for a cross, missed it, one nil down. That was a that was a that was a blow. But then played the second leg, 
played quite well. Saved the two pens. Felt like I'd sort of almost made up for you know it's like you made yeah, up for the first yeah, yeah. leg and then going into the final we were we were really unlucky you know the Liverpool missed the first two penalties saved Stevie G's first one big moment to be honest I think Charlie Adam ballooned the second one over the bar yeah um, but yeah we didn't win it after them have you the seen there's um I can't remember what advert it is it's like a sky advert or something the, it's you isn't it where it's like Stevie G's taking runs up take the penalty and it's you doing like acrobats and you kick it away and stuff. Have you seen this? I don't see that. Me. I that's swear me. on my life. I, it's from, it's no from the 2012 um, Carling Cup final. Oh, well, yeah. it probably will be. And it's, like a, it's obviously been like manipulated and stuff like that, yeah? <laughs> right. But he runs it, takes <laughs> a penalty. Been, yeah. And it's you who does like an overhead kick like, and you volley it away sort of thing at the same time. I swear this ain't just me. Have you seen this? <laughs> no. I, I'll show it in a bit. <laughs> we'll have, right, we'll we'll that's a, a nice yeah. little... We, yeah. we need to talk about this then because this isn't... You've had... It's not shade thrown at you. It was it was affection and love from Joe Hart and Nick Pope when we were <laughs> yeah. talk, they were talking about because you said didn't you Ben you you feel like that that goalkeeping trio is like the holy grail of of goalkeeping squads don't you? <laughs> it's up there. There's one that I can throw in there that might be challenging. Go on. It. it was the Casper Schmeichel, Joe Hart, and um, who was the other one? Shea At Gibbon. City. Shay Given. Yeah. Oh wow. Casper yeah, Schmeichel, trio, Joe yeah. Hart, and Shay. Good luck Given. keeping them three happy. Yeah. That is yeah, that is a, a tough trio. trio that yeah. is, isn't it? No, it's a good. It's very very, very good. We, we were talking about they were talking about training and what a great trainer you are. And but I think it was Joe that said. Um, he, he said some of your training methods were quite unorthodox. No, that's fair. There were finger weights mentioned <laughs> yeah. and there was yeah. imaginary diving when the ball was at the other end of the pitch. You've got to yeah, defend no, I, or... I, I, would I would like to tell you they were lying, but there is something in it. There is something Come in on, it. explain. I need this explaining. A <sighs> couple of things. Firstly, the, the finger weights, I think... Um... Marginal gains, right? Exactly. You know, don't leave any, don't leave any stone unturned, I think. You know, for me ball catches on your finger you need the strength in your finger so the heart he came in one day and I'm like you know what I mean just giving it giving it the old dumbbell on the fingers uh, and he was like what is going on here and I just said to him mate listen like no stone unturned and I think the um out on the pitch for like for me goalkeeping's a big men big mental thing yeah, but a lot of it's about feel you can go through uh, the warm-up for a goalkeeper is going through the motions. I think for me, the warm-up is, is the mental side of the game. It's a reactive position. It's a difficult position. And that's why you've got to, got to have your head right. That's the biggest thing in yeah. goalkeeper. I don't know if you'll agree. Yeah, I totally agree. So for me, I, I like, yes, we'd do all the training, but there'd be a few things that I'd want to get through in my mind. So like, there's, there's two imaginary ball scenarios. One is... I'm imagining a shot from the edge of the box, top corner. I'm just diving after it. You know what I mean? So, Thinking so, I'm making the save. So wh where do you do this? Where? So like, I'd, I'd do it on a Friday. So, but then the manager would be going through shape. He'd be talking at the top end of the pitch. So all the lads would be half keeping eye, and they'd see me at the bottom end, just, just diving into the top corner. Just go taking off. Just see all the shoulders going in the whole team and that catching eye. And, I thought you were going to dis... I genuinely nah, thought you nah, were going to yeah, dispel there is this. In it. Yeah, there is. And the other one is I'd, I'd roll a stationary ball out and I'd, I'd be thinking there'd be a man coming through one and want to come out and throw the star shape slide along the floor just to the still ball on the floor that must know? be quite hard yeah, it's not easy but that's the idea you know it's almost like imagining he's making contact with it and like you're having it and that it was just literally for, for my own head I, 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 I keep it more under wraps here if I'm totally honest <laughs> than get... I did there but like I go through plenty of plenty of different stuff do you, here, do you know what the, um, I'm with you a little bit I don't get me I ain't doing it no. but I understand <laughs> it to a point because I think it's almost like um, you know when you're playing golf you have your practice golf swing yeah it's kind of just a little bit like doing that. Like even the one we've ones, like if somebody's coming through and they're and yeah. you're like spreading, yeah? Yeah. 
you you would not believe that there's an actual proper technique to doing this, yeah? You pe people think that you just sort of spread and put your hands out and hope for the best. No, no, no chance in So you, one of the biggest things, like most natural human like response, is to just look away or close your eyes. Yeah, yeah that's right. If you can actually keep your eyes open and look Chin at on it, chest, genuinely yeah. that, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and then you might have just enough time to react and like do something like that. Alison does it now yeah. better than anybody I've ever seen. I promise you, yeah. Alison in the paint. He slides out and he does this half kind of slide out spread kind of, he does. but he's in control of it. Yeah. But the biggest thing about it is he keeps his eyes open. Yeah, and it, I, honestly, people don't appreciate it. Maybe you should speak to Olivia Giroud. Did you see that last week? Oh, it was horrible, wasn't it? Absolutely <laughs> shit himself. Not in the face. He kept the ball out there, didn't he? He did he keep the ball, the ball That's out. That's the main thing. He did, he did the ball do, yeah. out But uh, no, there is definitely, there is a technique to it. You know, the, 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 the detail of, is it on his left foot or his right foot, which led you lead, yeah. leading with, you know, chin on chest. You say you get that little bit of reaction. Alison does it very well, actually. You know, he almost opens up the goal and then fills that space with a slide while I still know. being sort of fluid with his movement. Is, um, is that something you would do then? So if you're watching a match of the day or if you're watching the highlights on a Saturday or Sunday, whatever it is, are you watching every goalkeeping or every bit of goal that goes in and you think, could do that, could do that, could do that? Um, not to that not to that degree. Yeah. I, did, I did a fair bit of that growing up, but I think as you sort of find your own rhythm, I try and add little bits in yeah. when I see it, but I'm not, I'm not in that much detail, I have to say. Um, you know, I, I tend to be a bit more... You know, I, I know really now what works for me and, yeah. and, and and what sort of I find. So yes, if something like uh, you know goalkeepers coming in, you try and you try and take things off them that they might do slightly differently and add it in, but not not looking at everyone else on the TV. How sorry. would you describe your goalkeeping style? Style, yeah. Or just you, you as a goalie. What are you as a goalie? Do you know what I mean? If if you had to ask to somebody, somebody who's played football for a long time, said describe Tom Eaton as a goalie, what do you think they would say? Well, I would hope they would say. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they would say. Um, Consistent, yeah. consistently delivers good performances and every so often um, can do something that can win you a game. And I know if I'm honest, that has been the sort of principle of goalkeeping that I've tried to strive towards throughout my whole career is that is how I see goalkeeping. Yeah. Do what you should do, do it well. Every so often produce something that might win yeah. you the game. Just reliable, yeah. nice and reliable, yeah. isn't it, mate? Yeah. It's, am it's amazing how people overlook reliability. Isn't it funny how, like with goalkeepers, it's almost like... you. <clears throat> week to week, I think this kind of echoes your point. Don't want to talk about them. If you're not talking about them, they're they're doing it right. Doing it right and then yeah. occasionally, when you are talking about them, it's yeah. that that last minute save or the yeah. the clearance or whatever it might be. You know? and, and I think it spreads through the team. That if you've yeah. got reliability and consistently, and you, you you know people talk about success, and then the wantable success is sustained success. So if you want to do that, you need consistency and you need reliability. And that's that's for me how I've always seen it. I think people can overlook it actually. Yeah, but for, for me, sure. that's been some, that's been a real driver for. Deliver high performances consistently. And have that's you, a good have you done much? Uh, we had, um, I'm sure you'll know him, Professor Steve Peters. Oh, was he yeah. with the England Yeah, yeah I did, a bit, of, did yeah. a bit of work with Steve. Yeah, of course you would yeah, have yeah. done, yeah. Um, is that something you've done a lot of over your career? And But it's uh, first impressions, I would say, that you've probably bought into that um, significantly. Fair. Yeah. Um, did a bit of NLP with Keith Mincher nice. early doors. Yeah, good old Mincher. Yeah, Shout out Mincher, by the on. way. I had, a, I had a similar sort of journey of. of um, sort of performance psychology, especially in goalkeeping, loved it, had a real impact on me. I think when I first went on loan, I think those learning those learning curves that I found that I, th I thought, especially early on in my career, sort of, you know, late teens, early 20s, I think my, what I felt was my potential, uh, potential capability and actual output was probably, was there was a, there was yeah, a gap. Massive, massive difference. And I couldn't, it wasn't technical ability, it wasn't tactical, it wasn't really physical. It could only put it down psychological, so it's finding that practicality of how to deliver a performance and consistent deliver performance. So that's why I went down that route. 
really like it still to this day. Um, I'm, I'm really big on it. For me, it's the biggest part of goalkeeping. But um, without it's, it's without doubt the biggest part of goalkeeping. You could you could have the best goalie in the world, and you could have a goalie that's you know sixty percent of that best goalie in the world. But if that best goalie in the world is low on confidence, mm. there's no point in even putting him in the team. Yeah. It's, Genuinely, it's, it's very interesting. I remember Richard Lee. I think I've said this before, but when Richard Lee said it, when he was at Watford with you, he could not believe. And it's just different people mentally process, do different things that that Ben would. Five minutes before the game, he's having a cup of tea. Yeah, you know, just in the chairs, a cup yeah. of tea and a biscuit, and he's like, "That's how how he does things." But I think that's something that, not necessarily just for football, but if you can get that grounding of understanding mm. whether it's NLP or working with someone, yeah. it as you get older, it's not something you've got to actively do day to day, but it, it it teaches you just to 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 probably deal with different situations, doesn't it? And just mentally be resilient. And I think you sort of alluded to it there I think a lot of it is self-awareness and yeah. understanding yourself and how you work and how to maximise what you bring how to work with yourself Popey prime example I used to look at Popey across the dressing room and have one glove face down on the floor one glove would be on the top of his locker and I'm thinking <laughs> how can you and would there be a game going you're there? a, mess. A, game you're I'm a thinking, mess you're not wearing them in the game tomorrow <laughs> I, yeah I wear these you know what I mean I'm thinking oh, I, could, I just couldn't do it but like look how consistent his performances have been yeah. over, over you know over the period of time you know everyone's different you've just got to work with how you work how you want it to go and, and, and what have that self-awareness to know what's right for you and I think um, yeah for me I think it started with understanding myself what how I work how I want to work what I want to get to and, and how to deliver that I think I think overthinking is a one of the biggest problems for goalkeepers, probably footballers, probably people in general, to be perfectly honest, with you, is overthinking stuff. And yeah. so when you're worrying about stuff that hasn't even happened yet, that yeah. for me is something that I've learned as I've got older to just go, oh, don't even give it a second thought. Do you know what I mean? Don't yeah. even. But then once you're doing it, just try and actually enjoy what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Too many people, I see it now in football, there's so much stress written over everybody's face, isn't there? Yeah. It's like, it's like they're going to die at yeah. the end of this football match or during this football match. And it's not the way to live. It's not, honestly. If you can, like say, if you're out on the training pitch, you don't you don't have stress written on your face, do you? No, you're having a nice time. Yeah. I mean, I think what you've just said there is something that I, I changed quite early on. That, the word you use, worry. Yeah. I think like, uh, for me, that is not, you do not want to be playing football with no, anyone. Worrying. And you do not want to be playing in goal with any worry. So where do you go with that? I think, um, you know, how I look at it is you're playing goal, you've got to accept something at some point is going to go wrong. You know, like, so, you know, you can, it's not a negative outlook. It's the fact of, okay, at some point, you're probably going to do something that's going to cost the goal, might cost the result. Right, that's there. Fine. If it happens, can you deal with it? Yes, I can deal with it. Right, great. What do you want to do? Well, I want to go and embrace the game. I want to go and take it mm. on. I want to have that sort of fearless mentality of, I'm going to have this. Yeah. I'm going to embrace this today. I'm going to take it on. And I changed that early on, I think, in my, and that has been the biggest turning point. You, you're reframing the energy, that nervous, worry, fear, yeah, yeah, yeah. excitement. It's flight or fight, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and you can change it. You can change it in your body. You're changing it to, you know, enjoyment, taking it on, embracing it, excitement. It's how you frame it in your own mind and in your body for, for delivering it. And you can go either way with it. Is that, I think is that, that's been a big one. Is that, what you think, is that what you think you did then? For, so from, I'd say from Cardiff onwards, because like I say, playing first team football was, probably came a bit late for you, didn't it really? Did. 20, 24, did. 25. Yeah. Um, Cardiff did really well. And then yeah. Burnley after that, obviously. Yeah. Uh, 200 appearances for Burnley. Would you say Burnley was probably where you had the best of your footballing career? Up to this point, yeah, I would yes, say so. I, like um, it. I think I think you, I did change it. The loan spells yeah. helped with that. It also coincided with a bit of a psychological change. So like, and I started to be able to perform 
big marker with the with the League Cup final in 2012 mm. for me. Uh, what was a 25 or so, 25 I think. Big marker for me for doing that because uh, it, you know final at Wembley, playing against a Premier League team. You know, I, I played well, felt fully in control of what I was doing. Um, so yeah, that that sort of went to Bristol City after that. Signed at Burnley, um, and that was that sort of was a, just a, a real marker of the first season. I think we were third favourites to get relegated. Ended up getting promoted back to the Premier League. That's when I left United. I wanted to get back to the Premier League and be a Premier League number one yeah. opportunity, and it and it built from there really. What's it like having a manager like Daichi, who um, I know for a fact? Well, I have never been in one of his team tours, but I can pretty much guarantee you what he would say was to you personally would be. Right, Biggin, you stop the ball going in the back of the net and when you get it, you kick it as far away from that this goal as yeah. far away as you possibly can. You know what? Like Burnley got tarred with that brush a little bit yeah. and I understand why. You know, we were we were pragmatic, I think. Probably more pragmatic and functional going forward. But like we also played a lot of football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like it, it, we we got tarred with the brush and it probably wasn't always fair. There was no, there wasn't a lot of risk um, and that was more how we set up as a team. But we actually, you know, we win second balls. Yeah, once you got it up there. Yeah, we, yeah. then we'd start yeah. playing. So, like, you know, there has to be a bit of balance to it. But, yeah, that you know, the Gaffer's team talks were, you know, everyone knew what we were about. The whole team were on the same page. And I think one of the big things I, I used to enjoy about it, and, and he, he used to allude to the fact that the 11 lads, or, well, the whole squad really, stood down the tunnel and we used to think, look, look at each other and go, we're ready here. And we used yeah. to look across and go, you lads better be ready because we're having it. You know yeah. what I mean? And people, people don't like it. You know, the up and in your face. There's so much to be, to be said for that physicality application. Absolutely. And and that and we sort of snowballed it, and everyone was on the same page, all pulling the same direction. We knew each other. We could deliver honest information and yeah, feedback to yeah. each other. We get the best out of it. And it was just a brilliant time, it, and it, we overachieved for. It was that doggedness, mate. It was. Yeah. I remember. I remember exactly that being in the tunnel in the tunnel and I would look back at my team I'd see him doing it I'd looking back and you could hear them all just like just uh, angry like caged animals good to go I think, I think Sean um, f- from my understanding he came on the podcast Sean did and um, it's a culture isn't it and he was saying like about how he used to have the wheel um, and have a bit of fun there didn't he spinning yeah, the wheel yeah, with the, the fines and all that kind yeah, of stuff in the forfeits. and um, I guess it's the culture that he sets so that, about that honesty and togetherness yeah and, and that's it and I think the wheel was one of the things I think his pre-season day that I'm assuming he, I did see that episode but I can't remember did he talk about the, the gaffers day that he did in pre-season no talk about that no uh, so he did a he did a, a, a gaffers day where he was um, balls out the window two hours you don't know what's coming but you're running and you're running as a team and it'll be carrying tires it'll be carrying going in groups um you know and it'd be two hours give or take you know what i mean maybe an hour and a half and then the last one would be a run around the pitch and you have to get in a certain time so if the last man or the slowest man don't get in you're all back on the start line and in the end it's funny you know you do it once someone doesn't make it you do it again and in the end all the lads are running with the one lad that can't make it oh. to get them through and it's like bonds through through adversity you know what it's, it's that way and that's so much to be said for that anchor moment that carries you through the season. And and so we literally had authentically that we knew each other were giving everything we had through that dressing room. We love Sean Dyche. Yeah, we absolutely good. love Sean Dyche. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so at Burnley then, um, you've got competition at Burnley though, because at one point, like I said, what we mentioned earlier, you've got Joe Hart, you've got Nick Pope, and yeah. you've got yourself. That is yeah. a that is a heavy trio of goalkeeping, isn't it? 
It is. I think, um, you know, at that time we had Adam Legstins and Anders yes. Lindegaard as well. Yes. You know, there was a, there was a quintiplet or whatever you want to call it. I don't know the word. It but sounds yeah, about yeah, right. Yeah, so something like was that. Was Adam Lindegaard there? As yeah, Anders yeah, Lindegaard yeah. came in. So at, the t- wow. at one moment we had, we had five sort of senior goalkeepers. There were a couple of injuries flying around. Remember Popey did that one where he came out, landed his, his shoulder. shoulder kind of yeah, all over the right, shop. yeah. Harty um, sort of had a bit of a dip. Well, it wasn't even Harty really having too much of a dip in the form. Burnley were just sort of losing week in, week out. We spoke to Harty about this and he said, Dyke, you just had to pull me one day and go, listen, mate, I'm going to have to change something. I'm going to have to change it. It's as simple as that. And that's yeah. where you came in and the fortunes picked up a little bit. Yeah, and that, that's right. I think I'd been out the previous season with an injury and then uh, it'd been my shoulder as well, I think, before yeah. Popey had done his. So I'd had the shoulder injury um, and Popey come in, done really well. And Popey got his shoulder in, in, um, in pre-season. You know, signing Harty, me and Harty go back a, lo- a long time. Obviously, he was at City, I was at United as kids. We used to play each other against each other all the time. You know, not too dissimilar England age group. So we'd had a good relationship for a long period. And he, he rang me one day to tell me he was signing at Burnley. Massively appreciated him, take, you know, stepping yeah, out course, and yeah. having the conversation. Yeah. You know, obviously, a lot of respect there. So uh, he came in, started the season. Um, and it was tough for me because I was, I was captain of the club. I, you know, on the back of my shoulder injury, wanted to get in the team, but at the same at the same time, like I'd, like I'd always been everywhere I've been, and I think everyone should be in goalkeeping. There's a respect, there's a support. We all want to play, yeah. But you've got to support lab players and open and honest as well. Yeah, just exactly. be open and honest. And you, if you're and a you goalie coach, a manager, yeah. whatever, just be open and honest yeah, with me. Be straightforward. And yeah. he, he he played really well. It was a, it was a real difficult period. I think we had 11 points after 19 games, and I think that's when he when he changed it over, literally halfway through the Premier yeah. League season. But if, if, you're, if you're asking me, I think at that moment in time, he was probably playing this season halfway through, and that, that can be football sometimes. Bonkers. Um, I, w- I want to carry on talking about this in a minute. I've got a, a mad one to throw at you quickly. Um, <laughs> do you remember a... Um, oh, you, you will remember. A young lad, uh, United, when we were both together. Uh, we, had a, we had a kid below us, like maybe two or three places down from us. Yeah. Um, Ron Robert Zeeler. I remember Ron Robert. Ron yeah. Robert Zeeler, right? Yeah. So quick story for you all. So I remember being at United with, with Ron. Um, lovely lad. Germ, lad. German lad. Yeah. Uh, lovely lad, though. Really la- really good lad. He, it, you know, you could see at the time he wasn't ready for playing football, really. You could tell that it was never really going to work out for him at Manchester United. I probably, in all fairness, I had doubts that he would even go on to be a footballer, to be perfectly honest with you. Okay. I could just sort of... The way I, I, I feel I've always got a fairly good gauge of looking at people and players and thinking, yeah, you've got a bit or... And yeah. I just couldn't see it at that moment in time. Fast forward anyway. Uh, <laughs> fast forward a few years on. Uh, Ron Robert Zeeler um, has played six times for Germany. Yeah. He was second choice goalie at the 2014 World Cup where yeah. Germany went and won it yeah. behind Manuel Neuer. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's good, isn't it? Brilliant but that career. is the beauty yeah. of... Yeah. Like, don't ever give up. Don't let anybody say anything to you about what what they... You go and do it for you, mate. 100%. And that is that is football in a nutshell. You know, that's your view of it, your perception, yeah. your opinion. But what does that matter? You know, the journey is your own journey and which way you're going. So it's up to you where you take it. And I think, you know, in, in that circumstance, absolutely brilliant career, great lad. Well, you know, yeah, fantastic for him. Um, but yeah, it, that that is football for me in a nutshell. You know, how can anyone make a judgment? It's very difficult to make a yeah, judgment. Yeah, mad, so, isn't it? Maybe, yeah, we, maybe with goalkeepers, is that fair to say? Because we had um, our local team, we had uh, Ben Wilson from Coventry on All a right. few weeks ago. Yeah. And he barely kicked a ball before he was, what, 28? Yeah, late, late 20s, nearly Knocking 30, on 30. Yeah. Um, and now he's, he's playing, he's doing really, really well. But... I think, like you said, Ben, you probably started to get to your best when you were around 30. I'd say I'd be you? about the same as Tom. I was a bit of a late bloomer. I didn't really yeah. play much first team football until I was in, well into my 20s. Um, but I think that's the position of goalkeeping. I don't think you, 
uh, it is such a mental game. It is such a mental game. And if you're a young man and you've got emotions running all over the place, they run out of control sometimes. It's fair to say as well as a goalkeeper that, that so much of it and a big, big skill is, is communicating. And is that something that will come as you get maybe a little bit older? Because obviously the best goalkeepers and you guys at the absolute top level, they all communicate so, so well. And as a youngster, that might not come too naturally. Fair. I think it's a skill. I think it, a lot of it comes in security in yourself, that as well. Yeah. If you're willing to dish out assertive information to anyone on the team, then you've got to be comfortable in what you're about. So I think that's probably a little bit of maturity and age issue. Um, and it's also a skill, you yeah. know, delivering it at the right level. You can hear it in the yeah, stadium. It's not it, easy, yeah. Yeah. You, but there is, there is a way to do it. It's given the, at the right time, uh, the sort of short and concise information. So yeah, big skill can have a big impact but you've got to be comfortable it, giving it. It's, yeah. like, it's about gauging that person as well. Yeah. So if you're talking to your left back and he's a certain character, a certain type of person, yeah. you know you can't go berating him and shouting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That exactly. is so true. It's Everyone's true, isn't different. it? You've got, to, yeah. you've got to have a bit of mouse about you, a bit of people skills. Is yeah. that what it's called? Keep it is, yeah. And it's, a relationship, so, it's knowing the people that you're doing. Yeah, so it's yeah, yeah. That, that through that team, having that sort of spirit where you understand each individual and you understand how to give them the information. You can yeah. hammer someone and you know that they, they yeah. take that yeah, stick exactly. approach yeah. rather than the, the carrot maybe. But it's even like, even in the game, like if somebody's already made a mistake early doors and it's led to a goal, you ain't going to, even they could be the most strongest man in the world. I don't care. From that moment on, you have to go, well done, mate. That's incredible. <laughs> you have to blow so much smoke yeah. up yeah. people's asses. Well, it's well, a joke, really, isn't it? really interesting. I think when you, when you kind of decided to put the GoPro, I'm sure you've seen it, when you put the GoPro in the, the back of your goal, um, the, the kind of everyday fan and amateur footballers, it was almost like a revelation when you stuck that GoPro in because people could hear oh, the communication. what you were saying. Yeah, for sure. So for sure. like the, the amount of comments we used to get on videos saying, I've shown this to my 13-year-old son and just explaining how important it is. <laughs> yeah. Just like, how important. Yeah. It, was, it, was a, it was revelatory. I wasn't a big fan. I'm a pure, you know, I'm a yeah, purist. Oh, yeah. you know, I'm a purist. This wouldn't even yeah. cross your mind no, to do that. No oh, chance, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's fully taking the piss is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I get it. You know, I can understand from having, you know, for that must open people's eyes, the yeah. understanding of, of seeing it. Um, but yeah, it always threw me a bit that one, Foz. I've got to be honest. But the purest in me struggled with it. And it was like, oh no. He's walking out with a GoPro. He's walking out yeah, with a GoPro. The piss and, he's put it, and he's talking to it in the game. Yeah, is he taking the piss? To be fair, you weren't talking to it. No, I weren't. I weren't. But I, I weren't. think that's like you were saying, like sitting and having a cuppa a couple of minutes before. Yeah, you, you were yeah, that's right. very much. Because you used to get a bit of shade over it, obviously. And people were going, he needs to concentrate on his football. But you were always very, very defiant in saying, no, no. Once that whistle goes, it's... It, it's not there. Yeah. yeah, I just learned to, I just think, like say you said earlier about that nervous energy. I think there's too many, I think everybody's got too much nervous energy before the game and I think it just takes it out of you. Yeah. Why would you want to spend that energy at that moment in time? Wait till the game kicks off. You know what you're doing as a footballer. You know, you know what I mean? You know as a goalkeeper, genuinely, like, I, you could play a football match right now. If I said to you, you've got 90 seconds to get into your football kit and play a football match, you'd yeah. know what you're doing yeah. but your mind will absolutely fuck you. Honestly, yeah. it will, it'll go, but you haven't warmed up you didn't do anything yesterday properly which gets you ready for the game you didn't do the normal Friday you didn't do your normal warm up so you're going to be a failure today you're going to look a dickhead in front of everybody that's what your brain does yeah mad isn't it it is it's, human, it's yeah. the human human nature side I want to talk about something somebody sent me a picture of you oh, yesterday no, someone that you know um, <laughs> and I want to talk to we're going to have a little bit of England chat uh, okay. and this man sent me a picture and said show this to Tom and I, I can't believe the barnet on him Mr. <laughs> Mr. Dave Watson. Watto. Bloody hell, yeah. Good old Watto. Watto. Class. I think I know what he's going to say here. 
No, to be is fair, there a story with it. No, 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 you tell me. There is a story. There is a story. Yeah, I mean that was the that was the 2016 uh, Euros, I think. That was uh, that was the that was the goalkeeping group, hearty uh, big phrase, me and Watto, and they used to sing to me uh, the peanut you know pina colada yeah pina colada that one yeah because like I'd go out there and I'm I don't like going out full throttle straight away I like building into it you know what I mean so they'd be going through the cones at hundred mile and I'm going nah. and then every time I'm going through I'm pina colada <laughs> so I'm just easing my way into the session like, yeah. hearty would just go out and boot balls yeah, exactly. straight away you know, and I'm they? like nah I'm easing myself in nice and steady you know the bit that matters is you know down the line it's yeah, not the yeah. first little bit of warm up for the goalie so like I get a bit of grief from it here because I like to sort of build into the yeah, day you know mate. what I mean nice and like you'd be, you'd be with me here I know you'd be with 100%, me 100% mate is yeah. Joe is Joe one speed 100 mile he, an hour he's Tigger you know Tigger from Winnie the Pooh <laughs> yeah, he's, he's Tigger from Winnie the Pooh set him off and he's, oh, he's good to he's, he's good to go from the second he gets out there to the yeah. last one coming in off the training yeah. pitch he still wants to dive yeah. around and chuck himself about and save everything yeah, um, yeah. talking about England then um, talk to me about your England career three appearances three appearances right every, yeah. I've read, every I've read, age group though Ben yeah every age group every, all the way through 16, 16 17, 17 18s yeah. 19s 21s yeah men's team into the senior team um, debut against Australia yeah um proudest moment of your football career yeah definitely i think um i think you know 16 17s 18s 19s 21s brilliant real good youth grounding uh, through football here but it's sort of a little bit of probably followed the path of my career in some respects whereas a lot of potential coming through and it found it difficult to then go and establish you know i was getting offered contracts here so i had to sort of stay without playing a lot of games so a little bit of a late developer i think was a 29 on my on my England debut, yeah. so big gap between under 21s and England debut. But another marker for everyone has their own journey. Mm. I think you know that was certainly me. Never lost belief in where I was going or what I was ha- trying to head to. Yeah, it, it, Australia um, Stadium Alight it was. We were travelling around, I think, playing different games. Ah, I loved it at that time. Yeah, to be fair, it was, the it fans, was good, yeah, the fans it was were like right up for it, didn't yeah. they? Um, so yeah, the plan was to to get get me a, a, an appearance, get get out there before we went to the Euros in case I was needed, you'd yeah. be blooded in. So 25 minutes to go, I'm, I'm out jogging down the, you know, stretching and that, I'm looking at Roy, but Australia scored while I'm warming up. So like, he's thinking about the game, it's got a 2-1, forgotten about me warming up. So I think Hart, you had to remind him with about 10 minutes to go. <laughs> Roy, yeah, don't forget he's down there. So like, he um, he was on the bench because Big Fraser was playing. Um, so I think to be fair to him, he told him 87 minutes Decent. on there. You know, six minutes, two touches, but oh my, it felt good. Like, you know what I mean? I, like, actually, I remember sort of running on, clapping clapping the England fans. And I did it, held my hands above my head because I was trying to hide the massive grin I had on the <laughs> dish at the time. Really? You know, like, I was absolutely buzzing. Yeah. Was and what about your first, we always like to ask people about um, that first time when you knew you were getting called up. Yeah. Um, how did it happen? Where were you? I'm embarrassed to say I can't actually can't remember. remember. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I mean, I um, I can remember the first time I, I was starting for England. Yeah. That was a, that was a good one. We were away in France, you know, like we day before the game. Obviously, France big team, um, you know, playing at the Stade de France. You know, it, it was an amazing moment. I remember getting back to the hotel room, been at training, finished training, good session, getting ready for the game, got back, and it was like dancing around the hotel room on me. You know, those moments where you just think like, let's have it. First you know person I mean? you called? Uh, probably my dad, um, been there throughout the journey, followed by, uh, yeah, followed by my wife. Just a, just a brilliant moment, you know, like a, a, a personal moment as well. I was in on my own, you know, dancing around the room, going, get in there. Because it's what, what I've been striving for, Absolutely. you know, that's what I'd set out to do, go and play, be England number one, be, play for England, start for England. So, 
yeah, br brilliant moment. That sort of sticks out. There. And it's feeling, it's a bit like what I said at the start of the show. For me, it's the feel, the feeling that you get. Yeah. Um, that is very, very difficult to replace anywhere else. Oh, it's not only that. It's like you work, this is what it was all for. Do you know what I mean? Like you started, what, how old were you when you first started? You was at Wrexham as a kid, weren't you? From yeah. what, 10, 11? Um, nine, I think. Yeah, nine, nine, 10, 11. Yeah. And it's taken what, best part of what? 20 another, years another 20, 20 years yeah. to yeah. get to that moment where yeah. it's like the pinnacle pretty much isn't it and that's how it felt so it was a bit of like yes you've got a game to play yes you're playing for England all the pressures but that's it's what you want yeah. you know what I mean that's exactly where I wanted to be it's what I've been driving towards so yeah brilliant brilliant moment that. Uh, not to turn it on its head or anything from a nice <laughs> positive story to um, something that I actually quite laughed about when I was looking at the research because <laughs> this is just brilliant right um, Spain okay yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's 1-0 at half time you come on right? yeah. 1-0 up at half time you come on 2-0 boom boys yeah. we are cooking here yeah. Jamie Jamie Vardy well done geese you get into the last minutes of the game yeah. talk me through it yeah. <laughs> um, I remember one went through my legs. <laughs> I mean, he was quite close in, to be fair. So, yeah. like, I, I, you know what? I didn't walk away from the game thinking... <sighs> yeah, that's your fault, that is. Nah, I mean, look, it wasn't ideal. We should have seen the game out. Um, it was probably... There was probably... The, out of the two goals, I think one of them, you might have looked and gone, oh, cool. Maybe, ma but nothing more. major. Yeah, but like, yeah, nothing major. You pretty much get that in every game. Yeah, you know, you can that. always look at a goalkeeper and go... Could you do a bit something different there? Honestly, I did not walk out of there going, oh, no, nah, I've cost us there. Yeah. I, I didn't. You know, I, I, I properly enjoyed the 45 minutes. Yes, we came away with 2-2 when we should have beat Spain. And Spain at the time, I think, were, you know, real, real top yeah. side. So it was frustrating. But there was an awful lot of positives coming out of the game. I really enjoyed the 45 minutes. Of course, it's a bummer when you concede to yeah, late. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Part and parcel of the goalkeeper, a bit like what I said earlier, you know, like... It can happen, yeah. you know, like it's so it's it's that acceptance mentality of dealing with it. Have you ever been much of a sort of shirt collector? Nope, only my own, really. really? Yeah, only only like big markers for me, really. Yeah, I've never never really been. So, you got your England debut, you got your England yeah, shirts, England and stuff one, like yeah, that, England yeah. debut, first England start, first Burnley Premier League one, first Man United start, yeah. Um, the Burnley performance at Old Trafford, obviously being at United, oh, and going I remember there, going that to Old bad Trafford, boy, go back oh. there. that was a big one, you know, like. Digging in the trenches and getting was that the, the ones Latin where yeah, you come out and it. you spread yeah. out? Oh, that was a thing of yeah. beauty, mate. I, that I, was. For, for me as well, I think that after that game, I think um, Big Pete, who, who I see quite often now, but he, he, I think he tweeted saying it's one of the best saves he'd seen. It's beautiful, you know, for, isn't it? For me, Big like, Pete, Big Pete, Peter Schmeichel, Peter Schmeichel. So like, yeah, Love Big Peter Schmeichel. So like for me, that was growing up as being one of your heroes coming out of that. It was a good day all around. That to be fair. Do you know what's an interesting question? Um, do you? put many of your memorabilia or shirts up or anything like that at home or do you keep them in like a box and stuff like that yeah like majority's in a box out yeah. of the way admittedly i've got i've got five or six of the best moments up on up in a sort of room yeah. out of the way but uh, not on display or anything not, like that yeah they, they are out but like it's a room that you know go you sort of go in like a storage room that you saw no one ever yeah goes yeah in yeah it's like yeah. i only ask it because we we actually did a podcast the other day of all like we went through a load of my memorabilia stuff we load did. of shirts like any trophies all that kind of bits and bobs and um a lot of people are like, well why why wouldn't you put that on a shelf why wouldn't you put it on display well, yeah. and I'm like, i've just never wanted yeah. to do that do yeah. you know what i mean like i feel like the house is a separate is it a separation from, thing as well? Yeah, right, yeah. that Probably, come home, yeah. Yeah. that's football. It's like this you don't is really home. want to gloat yeah. about it, really. No, it's yeah, cool. And it's you, working, you know, but, do you know what I mean? It's all yeah. inside, isn't it? And I think that's probably enough. I think that's probably how I feel about yeah. it. Yeah. All right, mate. I just want to talk about a few of the goalkeepers that you've had the pleasure, um, hopefully the pleasure of, of playing with for, throughout your career. So I'm going to throw some names at you, some of the yeah. people that, that people will know at home. Let's start with Pepe Reina. <laughs> Pepe Reina. Pepe yeah. Reina was in goal for the Spain game, by the way. Oh, of course. He yeah, was, he was. Yes, yeah, he was. No, yes. no, he was. Yeah, good yeah. shout. Yeah, I think... Um, 
obviously, you know, I got injured at Villa, you know, cruciate, yeah. similar to you've been through, you know, horrendous. I had the operation on crutches, club, need, club want to sign a goalie, bring in Pepe Reina. Again, always, always enjoyed watching him growing up as, as how he played. I think the club caught it on camera actually when I first, Villa caught it on camera when I first, when he, like, I'm on crutches on it and we ended up having a real awkward sort of hug. But it was a nice moment, you know what I mean? That, like he'd arrived, me and him got on great for the six months he was there, really yeah. liked him. Top goalie, you know, throughout his career. As I say, just, just brilliant to spend some time with him actually. I mean, he's 41 now. And oh. he's still doing it at Villarreal, Saved isn't he? Saved the penalty yeah. the other night. Yeah. Did he? Saved the penalty the other night in the Europa or Champions League, whatever they're in, yeah. Is that yeah. what something you you want to do? Just keep, just play until you can't? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, at the minute, I have to say, I feel feel really, really good. Um, feel bang at it. Still got the, the flame burning as strong as ever. Great. Um, you know, and, and hungry to, to, to play. You know, I think the the desire is still there, the drive's still there. Saturday when you don't play is difficult still, you know, I think it, and, and that for me is the marker of where I'm at. So yeah, for as long as I feel bang at it, um, I'll be uh, I'll be knocking on the door. You look a million nice. dollars, mate. Genuinely, <laughs> okay, you can see it, can't you? Look at yeah, the buzz on his absolutely. face. Uh, oh, quickly, I'm gonna I'm gonna name another uh, goalie in a second. Um, I remember we played against United. It was the first season that you signed, actually. Uh, it would have been two or three years ago at Watford. I remember speaking to you after the game, and I was like, "How's it going?" You were like, "Yeah, it's all right." I wish I was playing today, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I know, mate. I know. Um, right, give me a bit of David De Gea talk. Um, how much of a legend is this guy? Because you got on really well with him, didn't you? Yeah, I did. You know, hit it off with David. Obviously, I'd, I'd gotten well from playing against him over over the years. So when I when I had the opportunity to sign back here, obviously, having spent a lot of time here as a club, you know, came back real good moment. But I really enjoyed working with him. Um, legend of this football club, yeah. I think, uh, in my opinion, brilliant shot stopper. You know, so calm in his movement around the goal, which always, always in the right position, always gave him that's it, yeah. the best chance yeah, to make the save. It, yeah. So there's never any rushing, never, never found him uh, lost composure moving yeah. around the goal. And you know what it's like. You go back to the basics of be set, give, be in the right position. Yeah, that gives you a great chance of making a save, no matter where the ball goes. Yeah, and he that. was a master at that. And as you can see over his, you know, his, his uh, montage of saves that he's made over the time he's been in the Premier League. You know, he's absolutely unbelievable, and I and I think it's down to his movement around the goal, getting set, uh, and his ability to be in the right position with calmness. Top. That's it. That's exactly what it is. I put a tweet out ages ago saying people make out like the hay makes just basic saves, and I was like, no, no. The reason why he makes these saves is because he's always in the right position. The skill of goalkeeping, yeah, is to be in the most optimal position because you're never going to be in the right position. Yeah, yeah. you can never be in a hundred percent of the right. You have to be in the most optimal position to be able to make the save. And yeah. that's all you can do but for the, anything. I don't think the, the goalkeeper is a different position, clearly, but it's it's one where people watching at home, like everyone can have a look at a, a, a striker and go, he should have scored that or something like that. It's different for goalkeepers. People watching at home can can have a view, of course, but very rarely do they understand the the thinking behind the movement or the starting position. Oh. Or... Yeah, that, that, I think that's, that's, that's definitely fair. I think it's one of those things that, uh, as coaching and sort of the games develop, there's now so much anal analysis on uh, analysis, should say, um, on opposition yeah. strikers. You get information, but I'm, I'm always a believer in if you get to the right position, you can deal with anything, and you mm. never know. They, like even if a, a centre forward put it in the top left hand corner six times this season, no reason he might not go the bottom right corner, yeah. you know, the bottom left, whatever. You know, so you've got to be in a position to react to everything, and I think that that's the basis of it for me. I um I played in David's very first game for Man United, so. 
Uh, I was at West Brom, yeah. first game of the season, and it was Shane Long. They, they scored early doors, but then Shane Long, Long equalised, and it just sort of dribbled under his hand a bit. Right, Very okay. first game, and it was Skinny De Hay. Yeah. Do you remember was Skinny? Yeah, remember? <laughs> Do you remember yeah. Skinny De Hay when he first signed? Yeah. And I remember watching it and thinking, oh, mate, you just signed you for a lot of money from Atletico Madrid. You better grow up quickly, you know, because this will eat you up, this will. Yeah. Oh, my God, fair play to I would put him in the top 10, probably, of Premier League goalkeepers' history. Yeah. He has to be in there, doesn't I would, he? I would agree, has yeah. to be able to, 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 do, to have done what he did for Man United yeah. for all of them years. And I won't lie to you, I'm half buzzing that he's gone as well because he was one of the goalies who would have been able to catch my all-time save record. <laughs> that is he's so selfish. selfish. So <laughs> selfish. Yeah, well, who else was there? Lucas, I bet, Lucas I bet you're pleased this year. He's on the bench, unlucky. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and David De Gea is, is unfortunately out of the question. So no Premier League team should sign him, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, right? And, and it's a go. bit like the, the sustained success we like, mentioned earlier. You know, to do that at this football club, you know, that, that is impressive. Totally agree with what you said. Love Fantastic. That. I think we've got some... Um... I want to talk about Nick Pope quickly. I just want to, oh, sorry, yeah. I, I yeah, want to talk about yeah, Nick Pope. Yeah. How happy have you been for Nick Pope watching him flourish <laughs> into this absolute beast that is on our TV screens, not only in the Premier League, but in the Champions League now as well? Yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. Great lad. Me and him, you know, get on great. Always did. Always worked really well yeah. together. So pleased with him. Obviously, it was a difficult moment for me when I first came off, when he first got his opportunity, but he grabbed it with both hands and was, was absolutely outstanding. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, as I say... Delighted for him. He is difficult to get the ball past. Yeah. He is very, very <laughs> difficult to He's get the ball past. He's a very big man, isn't he? Very big man. He yeah. is, you know, like, it was, um, it, it was really evident in training that, like, yeah. you know, he is not easy to beat. <laughs> I love, you know, I I love how you've just broken goalkeeping down. Simplified into, it. Yeah, he's difficult yeah. to, to uh, he score a goal it, To be honest, you know, like, if Popey stands there, you know, whether you're close in, whether you're far away, not <laughs> Do you know what the funny <laughs> thing is? Is on Wikipedia it says he's six foot three or six foot four. Oh, so, so in the past it's been talked about um, like on our channels and stuff about Nick Pope being six foot seven, and people go, "No, he's not. He's six foot four. It says so on Wikipedia. He's not six foot four. No, he's massive. He's six six. Popey is six six, and his arms and legs are like extra long. <laughs> go go yeah. gadget arms. Yeah, big, <laughs> big. Um, right, come on then. What are they? What do you got? Some quick fires. Yeah, we've got some quick fires to finish up. If that's okay. Um, <laughs> Idle growing up. Schmeichel. Yeah, yeah. mixed between Schmeichel and Van der Sar. Sort yeah. of, it, it merged. It sort of, yeah. uh, you know, transferred. I should say. Um, but yeah, those two stand out. Yep. I love that. What is uh, your bucket list sporting event as a fan? One thing you want to go to, the final of something, whatever it is. Uh, fancy the Masters at Augusta. Right. So this used to be the right answer. It used <laughs> to be the right answer, yeah. Right. And then we had, I think it was actually Ben Wilson, and he said um, final day of the Ryder Cup. Yeah, I did the Ryder Cup at... Um, oh, did you? I did it in 2010 at Celtic Manor. Yeah. Oh, that was the washout year, though, wasn't it? Yeah, and like you know, you're four people back. You can't see where the oh, ball is really? going. Yeah, yeah. get to like the because the, there's something about um, Augusta, you know, like yeah. with the. With the I, you know, I think it's because it's played there every year, isn't yeah, it? Because obviously, yeah, like, oh, it's just, there's not a leaf yeah. out of place, is there? No, it's you know, not. Prime, there's not a leaf yeah. out of place. It's so, like, premium. What about it's um, first big paycheck? Did you have a little um, indulgence, uh, a, a splash out on something for yourself? Good question. <laughs> Still waiting on a big paycheck. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that sounds nice. What are you on about? <laughs> no, I, 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 honestly, nah, not 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 from memory. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Uh, 
I'm pretty sort of straight with my money if I'm yeah, honest. Okay. I'm not, not, not that, not that sort of flash. You're not yeah, flash, are you, Tom? Must right. be a GK thing, I reckon. Yeah, Goldies aren't flash. Yeah. Why are they? No chance. Um, any uh, phobias? Anything you're absolutely shit scared of? You know what? I'm not a lover of flying. Yeah. And the amount of flying we have to do. So silly. Like, you can imagine what the grief I'm getting on the planes from the lads, like, you know, it's <laughs> murder, it is, it is murder. You so do like, get a lot of lads that yeah. are absolutely petrified of flying, no, you know? Yeah, and, and like, honestly, the, the worst for me is Shorey. Shorey comes to sit next to me. Luke Shaw comes to sit next to me every single flight because he's not great, but I'm worse. So yeah. it makes him feel, feel better. better to see me. Like <laughs> I love it. Nice too, yeah. So I'm not, I, don't get me wrong, I do it. I can like I just about deal with it, but I don't love it, I have to say. Um, funniest player in the Man United team? <laughs> um, obviously recently signed. I've, I've known him for a long time, but Johnny Evans for me, I think we're on the same level of banter, yes. to be fair. So for me, he'd be, uh, he'd be the standout. Can Scott McTominay's usually on the end of it as well. Which oh, really? Him, He's getting battered, off, yeah. yeah. I've him clean off. I'm buzzing to see Johnny back, by the way. How right. good Johnny Evans, that by the way. Brilliant. People don't understand this, do yeah, exactly, they? Exactly. Yeah. They don't understand how good of a player Johnny Evans is, isn't he? Bang true, that is. Oh. I think, to be fair, I mean, now come back in and, and, and seeing how well he's played in the games he's played in, I think that people are starting to actually realise again that yeah. top end. Oh, proper player, that. Imagine that. Imagine Johnny Evans, who's played 300, 400 odd games in the Premier League, a proper player. <laughs> um, if you had to pick one quiz mate from the Man United team, who are you picking? Oh, that's a good one. Is it a football quiz? General knowledge. Oh, okay. Um, Both sports round and general knowledge. Football quiz, I would go Bruno Fernandes. Yeah, football yeah. fanatic. Yeah, loves it. Wow, knowledge is very good on football and all across the world football. Yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, so he'd good. be um, he'd be the uh, <laughs> sports one. Trivia one's going to be a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> would, it, would it be easier then to say, who would you not want on your quiz team? <laughs> no, I can't chuck a few under the bus here. There's a few that I'd like to chuck. I'm going to go with my partner that I'd actually want, and I'll tell you it's going to be, Victor Lindelof. Yeah? Yeah, Victor Lindelof. Smart yeah. guy. Smart guy. He's good on the old... Um, you know, the words game, like, you know, where you got to pick the words, sort of Scrabble-esque. Yeah, game. okay. Meaning, him, like, if he's ever struggling, he'll come with me. If I'm ever struggling, I'll go with him. So Victor would be my partner. Um, have you got Countdown? Yes. No. Yes, we have got, sorry, the Countdown game where you played two-player. Good game. Though, it's yeah. unbelievable, good, isn't it? Yeah. I'd actually bat you at that. We did moment. it live on a podcast the other day with Tom Cleverley, didn't we? Yeah, we did it. Uh, we did uh, We did a practice conundrum. Yeah, very um, good. You I, I beat him straight away. Got it straight away. Um <laughs> He, do you know what was weird, right? How mad is this, yeah? The word, can you remember the word, anybody? No. I can't remember it, but there was there was two actual answers, yeah? There was two answers for so the one conundrum. Right. So that he said to me... It wasn't part of the game. No. It, it, he, so he said his answer, and I went, nope, it could have been. And I said, no, it's this. And I typed it in and it was right. But then we looked back and it was like, you could have used Tom's as well. It was an actual answer, yeah? Which is bonkers, right? So I yeah, don't know if I would have put yeah. Tom's in. So what we said is, let's do it again, basically. Yeah. Did it again. I got it within about three seconds. <laughs> Bosh, reigning <laughs> champion. Reigning champion. Um, finally then, Tom, what is next for you? Uh, what do you see yourself doing? How long do you want to play for? And then afterwards, what do you want to do as well? For me, literally all the focus is on playing right now. Yeah, yeah. I feel great. Um, really enjoying it. As I said, 
still got the, the the mad hunger, mad sort of flame burning. So for me, that took, that's the only thing in my sights. In the future, I don't know, I'll sort of address that when it comes around. For me at the minute, is the, is the playing and performing. He'll be a coach, by the way. He will <laughs> definitely be a coach. It's simple. It's as simple as that, okay? Uh, Tom, thank you thank for coming you. on, mate. Really Cheers, appreciate lads. it. Thanks Man United, much. thank you for having us here at Carrington. Up the Foscast. Up the Foscast. Cheers, mate. You were supposed to say it as well. Oh, it's all right. Up the Foscast. <laughs> <laughs> right, Cheers, lad. Top, man. Thank you Cheers, so much. Thanks everybody for watching. We hope you enjoyed the latest episode of the Fozcast. Don't forget to give us a follow on Spotify. Up the Fozcasts.